Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we talk about all things TV. Today, I'm coming from you remotely. (laughs) Coming to you remotely. Coming from you. (laughs) Yeah, coming to you remotely and a little bit uh, frazzled, as you could tell. But Jess, I am, as you know, at the beach, and you are in your normal recording studio. But does it count as remote if we are always remote from each other? Like, does it count as you being remote today? I feel like it counts today because I forgot the cord that connects my good mic to my computer. And so it feels more rustic and I'm not in my normal remote. Yes. We're operating a really old school recording where I'm using my headphones and the mic and just, you know, praying that it comes out. Okay. So apologies for any discrepancies in recording quality. I'm sure Jess sounds crisp and lovely and I Mm. sound crackly and (laughs) I don't think it's uh, too bad. But yeah, we'll keep it, I guess, a little shorter today just because, Bo, on you're on vacation and I don't want to keep you too long. Thanks for doing this in the first place. And second, because you do sound not as great as usual. It's not terrible. Um, but I am so, so, so excited to talk about the bear. I know. It almost feels like the, the reason we couldn't wait to do this. Like we set our own schedule, but I also really wanted to talk to you about this before too much time had passed. Yeah, I mean, it's the fact that they dropped all the episodes. So I've actually only seen one through six. Did you check to see how many you'd seen? Yeah, I actually watched it all and I did not realize I had done that. (laughs) You didn't realize you'd finished? I thought there was one more episode. I don't know what that says about the finale. I I think I just was hoping that there were more, that there was more content. Not not anything about the like finality of anything. Just Ah, you really watched all 10 already. Good for you. I didn't want to like sit there and binge the whole thing I was planning to watch it in chunks but then it just turns out that I haven't had as many times to watch chunks as I thought so this morning I actually watched episode six and I I I was excited to talk about it before episode six but while watching episode six I was like I have so so much to say a million things I want to say honestly we could do a whole episode just on episode six but we we will will. yeah I mean we can sort of talk about like the season and I have some questions for you as like overall thoughts about the bear because we never talked about season one no I don't don't think think. just in our our roundup of like favorite shows I think we briefly touched on it and we both liked it and it was in in both of our top tens yeah both of so yeah Yeah. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, especially because episode six, I mean, it was an hour long, it's even maybe a few minutes more than an hour. And it was a a lot. Like, like I said, we could do a whole podcast episode just on that. What are your feelings? I think, I think I already know. I think you mentioned this before, but your feelings on if this should have been a weekly release model or a full binge. I still think even though, so I did watch it in chunks. I watched the, I, the day they all came out, I watched three. And then the next day I watched two. And then the next day I just watched episode six and then I was packing and I guess I watched the other ones, which I didn't realize. So I, and I very much enjoyed my viewing experience. I do still think that they did themselves a little bit. I, I don't know. I mean, it seems like, except for the last day, you also had been sort of planning on watching in chunks, but I just think they could have like the way if episode six came out as its own thing, people would have been talking about it at the same time. It would have just done wonders for their numbers and like more people would have probably started to watch it. And I was excited about the prospect after watching episode six, that like more people would get into it just because of the sheer 
number of like incredible actors <laughs> and even past oh no never mind I'm not gonna yeah don't say anything about <laughs> post episode six okay but yeah so I I maintain I think releasing them all at once was a little bit of a mistake as much as I like having you know my, the discretion my own discretion in how to watch it I think they would have done better by themselves or sorry they would have they did themselves a disservice what's the opposite of that they would have done themselves a better a credit success a success (laughs) I think it would have been such a huge success if they had released it in chunks how do you feel I even think weekly I definitely think binge was the wrong model I I said I think when we last talked about it and I can't remember if that was on the pot or off I said like you know their numbers for episode or for season one it was more of like a critic a critic darling and more of like a not a cult thing, but like if you're very on the internet, it seems like everyone was watching The Bear. If you're not on the internet, like I don't think it actually did as well numbers wise as other shows that like, like, did you know Wednesday is now Netflix's biggest show of all time, like over Stranger Things? But like, no. if you're really on the internet, it sort of just came and went, but somehow like everyone has watched it. So it's like things like that, where I feel like we're a little disconnected sometimes from how well shows are actually doing. And the bear is sort of like the opposite direction of Wednesday, where I was like, everyone's seen the bear. Yes. In fact, no, they haven't, but it feels like they have. So I was like, okay, so they're doing the binge model because they're not believing in the weekly model for this show, or they don't have the numbers to back it or whatever business model they were looking at, like seemed to say that they should release it all at once but with this season especially uh i'm so i'm so mad that we didn't get the time each week to to like i think every single episode should have been now that i've seen well i've seen six but i think each one deserved its own week i think that the there was enough to talk about each week that like yeah twitter Mm -hmm. and whatever else like it would have sort of drummed up support in that way i think it's fun to talk about i think we could have done a podcast like weekly or or every two, but like, there's just a lot to talk about. It's a show that's on the level of succession, dare I say, and definitely Ted Lasso, which we did basically by uh, week. So like, I would, this far surpasses Ted Lasso in my opinion. Yeah, I know. I agree. <laughs> I actually think, oof, I don't know if this is a take, but I think the bear is what Ted Lasso wanted to be. I was going to say, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I was going to say exactly the same thing, but I was going to say, the way that these characters and like the way that these the writers and the actors make me feel emotion and make me feel so tied to the goodness that appears in these characters arcs yeah is what I would have wanted from Ted Lasso I don't know if that's what they were going for I feel like Ted Lasso goes for such sincerity in like positive ways whereas whereas the bear goes for sincerity but through you have to like kind of earn it through some not so, I don't know, not so pleasant circumstances. It felt like Ted Lasso was sort of like, we're pleasant and we're sincere. That's the tone. And it's I much prefer- a slightly different tone. Yeah. I can't yeah. say they're trying to do the same thing. It was more in the like, here's a group of people that like aren't, aren't all related. Although in the bear, it's like trying to figure out who is related is like actually challenging, <laughs> but just the like sort of found family vibe. I feel like of both is sort of, is sort yes, of the same yeah, thing runs true. through in terms of like, there's all these different dynamics. It's very much just about the relationships between people. It's funny in places, obviously Ted Lasso is going for more like straight up comedy, but like it's funny in places, but it's also very like heartwarming and I, I think Touching. sincere, but yeah, I guess the bear is 
it's more chaotic. Um, and yeah. Ted Lasso is more heartwarming, but I don't know. I just, <laughs> I guess it's not fair to compare. I'm just fresh on, fresh on thinking about Ted Lasso, but anyways. Yeah, no, I had the, I had the same thought and probably because we both just got off of, yeah, talking about Ted Lasso almost. Of arguing with people. Well, and I just, yeah, yeah, I just put my top 10 on TikTok also. Uh, mm. after we did the top 10 podcast and the number of people that were like, how's Ted Lasso not on this list? And I was like, you clearly haven't been listening to my podcast <laughs> because I think it's pretty obvious. And how is it on yours? Yeah. Wasn't going to make it on my top 10, but oh, well, let's my, talk about. Wait, can I just say right. one? I mean, this ties in yes. my, my top note for the bear season two. And I don't have that many because I was just sucked into the episodes was that it's so unsappy. And I think that also is the, is a differentiator. It's just like, yeah, I think I already sort of alluded to this, but it pulls on my emotions in a way that sappy shows try to. And this one just felt so much more, uh, yeah, direct and like realistic, but still made me feel unrealistically sappy emotions. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we can move on. No, that's what I was going to, I was going to say, let's talk about what works so well about this show before we, I think then we can just jump right into episode six. Cause there is a lot to say. And I said, we were keeping it short, but it feels like I could talk about this forever. So I'm trying not to, but in terms of what this show does really well, I was trying to figure it out while watching it because it's so ordinary in so many ways. And I was like, but how, what are they doing to nail this because they are nailing it. And I think I have a couple of like random thoughts, but I don't know yet how to articulate like I, the summary of it, I guess. But one thing that I really, well, really like is that it feels like it's in an actual place, which is sort of a silly thing to say, but like the Netflix effect, I'm putting that in quotes, is this idea that like everything that comes out now on streaming services is just like in a studio, perfectly lit, perfectly shot, not shot in a real place, like literally just like a soundstage, whatever it is. And like just the street scenes, like Carmi walking through Chicago and like even the B-roll, like it just all feels like it's very much set in a place. And then when the Copenhagen episode, I was like, oh, I just love looking at all the places. It doesn't yeah. feel so like sterile. The, the way that they shoot each episode sort of changes too. And they go back to certain shots. I So I had a similar thought. And it's funny because I just recently talked to someone from Chicago and they were like, I haven't watched the bear because it's so clear that they have like a weird version of Chicago. Apparently where the restaurant is supposed to be like, isn't super accurate, but because yeah. I have none of that, I also am like, this is so real. No, <laughs> but Sam I, I, said the same thing. She was like, yeah. this is absurd. And I get how that would be jarring, but for someone who like, doesn't know the, the layout of the city, I have the exact same feeling. Um, but what I was about to say was also yeah, the way that they shoot certain scenes, like in Copenhagen, there were a lot of panning out, like you could see the vista as if you were a tourist and you're like taking those panoramic shots and like seeing Marcus sort of walking through the city in the background along with everyone else or by himself. And then a lot of the episodes actually have really close up shots of people's faces as they're talking. Um, even in a conversation, you won't see both people and that's not uncommon. Like usually I'll pan between and then pull out to a shot of both people. But I was noticing in definitely in the first six episodes, how many times it'll be like Carmi talking to um, honestly, literally anyone. And it'll be like a close up on his face. So all you, it's very um, handmaid's tale, like the emotion and the like realness of the face. It's almost like you're there, like you're in the discussion and it doesn't feel like acting so much as it feels like a true conversation. I, I noticed that, that with the Carmi and Claire scenes, especially like they're like really cropped on both their faces. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's doing it. I didn't really think to see if it was doing it in a lot of other places, but I noticed like the two times so far that I've seen them converse, it was doing that. Like very me also. On their like when they, yeah. I mean, not always, they have a lot of the two of them in body shots, like while they're doing cooking and um, especially when they do their like, sorry sign. But before, like if they're having a heated conversation, sometimes it'll go back and forth in a close crop and then sort of pan out and they'll do their, my bad, <laughs> and, like reconcile. But um, yeah, yeah, I extra I, like though the shots where like everyone's talking at once. And like, it's just, it, and that's, we talked about how like succession feels like, why did I just say succession? (laughs) (laughs) I know Um, where everyone in succession is where it's like theater. Everyone's talking and acting in a wide shot of everyone at the same time, sort of. And like, yeah, it'll like pan to different people, but you just feel like you're in a room with a bunch of people like yelling at each other in the bear in some scenes. And I love that. And I love that it's like, they're literally talking over each other. Like it doesn't feel scripted. Yeah. It's not line beat line. Like I'm reacting to you. It's truly like everyone's reacting to everyone. And wants their voice heard, like in a real kitchen, like in a real like family. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how much of it is improv because it really just feels like they're all talking at the same time in those scenes, like constantly speaking and like yelling at each other, yelling across the room. It's so good. But I, I think, yeah, it's just in general, the show feels so lived in the characters feel so real mm-hmm. i feel like i'm in those shots with them like i feel like i'm there it feels like it's in an actual place it's these sort of simple not simple people it's a simple story in a sense like there's not a lot going on there's no mysteries really there's no it's not a thriller it's not a drama in the way that like suits or succession or like any of those are it's just a tale of these people but then there is this like wound through this tale of like family trauma and in that way it kind of is like succession i'm just comparing to everything else but i was thinking about that (laughs) while i was watching episode six especially yeah because like there are so many scenes in succession where the family is all together and they are like yelling at each other or whatever but it's it's sort of restrained and cold whereas this episode of the bear was it was you know this family also has trauma just like the roy's and but where the Roys are cold, even when they're yelling at each other, somehow this family is like warm and like so familial, but so chaotic. Okay. And it's sort of just like the opposite of the Roys in that way. You can see they're so comfortable with one another, even though they're but like butting heads and so angry. Like there's just something about the you know that they would fight for you as much as they would fight with you kind of thing. Um, yeah, like they're not going to backstab you. They're just going to front stab you. Yeah. Yeah. Front. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love uh, it. I, so I think in answer to your sort of half posed question of what makes you feel so lived in is the unfortunate answer is sort of like everything about the show, like the writing, the acting, the way that it's staged, the way that it's filmed. Um, but I was going to try to tie it all together also by the fact that it seems like in this show, similar to succession, the writers, the creators, the actors are all so keyed into like the importance are the characters. Yes. The, the plot is important and like the hardships in opening a restaurant are what sort of propels things forwards, but it's really also like we were saying before the, yeah, the intercharacter, the interpersonal relationships, the characters themselves, the things that they are fighting with. I feel like the focus on character makes it feel so real and also makes me feel so much more invested um, because I feel like I'm actually getting to see true 
realistic arcs from each person with themselves and then also with everyone that's involved. Yeah, I think in that way, not to say this again, but in that way, it's also (laughs) very like succession. Well, I think you said that. Uh, But I also want to draw a comparison between Kendall Roy and Carmi, if I may. (laughs) Please do. (laughs) Especially in episode six, we see, well, we see like the backstory of Carmi, really all of them and how they're connected. But like Carmi's energy in episode six is so like lame little brother. Mm. And I was like, this is Kendall Roy, especially like knowing that who he becomes is this sort of like mean like the person who becomes tries to be more confident than he is yeah gruff uh but then in deep down and when he's with his siblings and when mikey was still there he was the lame little brother even though Kendall is the oldest son (laughs) i am the eldest boy yes there you go the eldest boy he's just yeah he's insecure but in a in a very like very subservient sort of way he has a very interesting role in his family carmy does well, Kendall too, but, but Carmi has this role of like, I mean, he, <laughs> he was the first one to be like, uh, I didn't want to come home or whatever, which is just such yeah. a Christmas is it Christmas. If someone doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but this role of like, not the peacekeeper, not the, like, he doesn't want to be there, but he's also like, he gives a gift to Mikey. He like is trying to talk to his mom. He wants to be part of the family, but he's so like triggered by them. It's a very interesting backstory for him. Now, I'm so glad we got a backstory, but can we talk about the cameos? I was going to say, should we just jump into episode six? Because I feel like there's a lot to say. Yeah, I'm there. Well, we're doing right it. Be- okay. Tw- I know that I just teased that, but for two seconds, just to elaborate a little bit on the character work and everything, like Tina going into like the excitement that oh, she episode one. to grow oh yeah. like every oh, single cried. character is getting is getting everything I wanted and it's it's just great and that is all I'll say for now and we can move on to episode six I just love that we're getting truly earned like yeah I cried for Tina as well and then like is it Ibrahim or Abraham Ibra oh, wait I don't think I've gotten to his episode yet if he has no the the two of them one. He ha- he doesn't have a solo episode in the in one through six we're talking about, but I just mean the two of them going to the same place but having like completely different experiences in their like culinary um, growth. I guess was just like also so interesting to see, and I'm glad they included it. Okay, episode yeah, six, and it didn't feel come. too like Ted Lasso where like everyone had a random side story and it didn't come together. Like it didn't feel no. too disjointed, and it also didn't feel too pandering. Tina getting her moment was so so sweet but still sort of like it made just it wasn't over the top it was very Mm -hmm. very sweet and it felt like a real reaction and it wasn't too corny anyways this is not understated (laughs) understated and unsappy is yeah a hundred percent okay so we can see where our loyalties lie but episode six when i texted you that i was screeching um, I wasn't literally screeching I should I should say I texted you that I was literally screeching which I probably should stop talking like I did in 2012 but <laughs> I saw John Mulaney like well so you see him and then he has his first like the time first time he talks he comes in and they're talking about Claire and he's like oh Claire bear and I texted you that I was screeching I was like I can't I can't do it like this is so ridiculous we'd at that point we'd seen Bob Odenkirk 
Jamie Lee Curtis, Sarah Paulson, and Gillian Jacobs. And then we got John Mulaney. And I was like, what is happening? What's happening here? I thought when that happened as well, I was like, okay, this is maybe what's going to be like my first tick against, like, I don't know, this took me out of it. By the end of the episode, I was like, chef's kiss. Perfect. Loved every second of it. Every, every cast decision. Excellent. Loved it. Jamie Lee Curtis, I did spoil that for you that she was in an episode, but I didn't tell you who she played or what was happening. I also so think I felt- she was the only one that had been previously announced that she was going to be in the season. Like when you said it, I was like, oh, I think I did hear that. But I, I was really think, worried. I think all the other ones were surprises. I was, and honestly, I try not to look at those that stuff when I see on Twitter. It's like, I want to be surprised. Like, I don't, why would you want to know that? But they always yeah. announce like when, a, when someone gets added to a cast for like a follow-up season, I feel like. It wasn't really a spoiler. If I if you had told me all of those people were in it, oh yeah, I would have been devastated because I loved not knowing that. As Every soon as person you said I saw, you... I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, as soon as I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is the first one that appears in the episode. As soon as you were like, oh, I haven't seen that yet, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I had the same sort of up, well, down and then up experience that you did, where. I saw Jamie Lee Curtis. I was like, great. I saw, you know, I don't remember what order you see people in, but it was. After maybe a couple of people, I saw Bob Odenkirk and I was just like, what are we doing here? This is, I I tweeted this, but I was like, this is a, it's like one cameo away from being one of those pandemic celebrity specials where they're like, let's get a bunch of A-list actors and like redo the princess ride or whatever to like make everyone happy again. And I was like, it's feeling a little forced. It's giving that like every actor asks their agent how they get on the bear after they watched season one. But then, yeah, by the end, I was like, this is his family like these people are real and they're they belong here and they're all related well I I still don't know if they are (laughs) I loved that it was an hour long like that made me that episode deserved I got worried that it was going to end at a half hour uh and I think that also helped me like be okay with the fact that there were so many just like random people because they all got more character development in that hour and yeah saw how they played into Carmi's lives and like, yeah, I, just seeing those and also seeing because Gillian Jacobs, like she technically could be part of the show going forward because she is the mother of what's his face. I already know she's in episode seven through 10. So, you know, it's not a spoiler. That's OK. Well, I read something I just mean, else that said she was in it. I just mean, like, she could have been in every episode or like more in season one. And it is just I just like that we get. I don't know. I like that we get introduced to people that could technically have been on the sidelines of other seasons. And Jamie Lee Curtis, I'm just, I'm bouncing all over the place, but Jamie Lee Curtis was so good in this role. I, I think that's what made me text you. I was just like, she's perfect. I mean, she's, this performance was insane. Like she's, I mean, I, (laughs) I mean, I would say she (laughs) should win the award for it, but like, I don't even know what award that is. Awards. Cameo. guest guest appearance Sporting. i think is what they call it yeah but absolutely i mean she but that's not surprising like you said it would have been more of a spoiler if you were like she's in it and she's bad that would have been <laughs> shocking true but she she's beyond excellent in this episode and she's also the way she's the way this character is written is somehow like a, a stereotype like the sort of like narcissistic mom the mom who like makes it all about them the mom who like you know all the kids are fucked up because of her but she it she's not she's not giving that she's playing a cliche 
she's no. again, it just feels like a very real person. It's enough to make it make sense to people who recognize the stereotype and trope, but also enough of her own spin or the writer's own spin to make it not feel fake or not make it feel like, yeah, just like a cutout carbon copy, whatever the thing is. I, and the um, way, th- oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry. I was just going to keep talking about Jamie Lee Curtis. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, you could. I was going to change, change course uh, to yeah. the way that they built tension in this episode because I was thinking mm. about the end of the episode and what she I almost at the had end to of turn it. it off for a second I, I got paused. so stressed in the fork scene I don't yes. know why I was like is he gonna like what do you mean you don't know out? well yes. no it's like on purpose but like I was I was overly like afraid and no I guess that was what they were doing they did that on purpose but it was just so much for me to handle I'm glad I was on the treadmill because I was like <laughs> I like to work out getting really, my yeah. energy out because it but I mean I the I beginning of the it. episode <laughs> he just like walked away, took a break. As things were happening, I was like, no, 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 no. And I like, <laughs> and I was like please don't throw the fork. <laughs> I kept like episode- flinching. Yeah, this episode was like the really chaotic one single shot episode. Yeah, the second one. to last one. Yeah. yeah, I wrote that down too. And I I think it's, I, I don't know. It'd be so great if this were a week to week, I really think. I but the know. way that they've got like, I don't know. I feel like they're they're doing that on purpose a little bit, and like they they have at least one episode that like people will be talking about, and that feels probably intentional because it definitely has a different tone. Like that episode in season one had a definitely different tone. It was very uncut gems. It was chaos. It was stressful, and this episode was too. And some of it felt a little forced, like the the alarm clock, like jump scares the way it would be like, really loud and zoom in on it. Like yeah, they want you to feel like the tension is like ratcheting up. But then the scene with the fork throwing and then to end with the driving through the house, like that Ooh. all felt very earned. That didn't feel forced. Like that felt no. like very earned tension. Totally earned tension. And also I can't believe I didn't see any further chaos happening. I They, they fully lulled me into a sense of like, okay, yeah, this was bad, but like everyone's going home now. And then all of a sudden the car came through the wall and I was like, oh. The, the way they've really got, got Mikey me. yelling over and over and over while they yes. show Carmi's face and then show, Oh, I just got chills. And then they show Sugar's face. Like I literally, <laughs> I oh, actually just got chills. It was, it's just so well done. It could be a soap opera. This literally could be, but it's not. The chain reaction that leads to that event of Sugar saying, are you okay? And then the like the response of her mom and every other chain reaction, like you see everyone else's faces being like, Oh, I can't believe you just asked that. Like we almost got there also killed me just like sugar trying to do <laughs> trying to be a good daughter and at the same time saying the like absolute last thing that needed to be said to keep the peace and you can just and see the way everyone they deflate build that up yeah oh my it's God. so funny it's like but and i also i don't know maybe i relate to sugar in some some ways some aspects of our personalities must be similar because i was like oh i could totally see myself doing that like just that knee-jerk reaction of and she like she knows she's not like, supposed to say it but she just yeah Ah, it's so incredible. Do we, this might be a dumb question. I didn't rewatch season one before watching this. And I also didn't like read a recap or anything. Do we know anything about their mom before this episode? Like, do we know, is she alive? Do we know if they speak to her? I also didn't do either of the things you said, (laughs) but I do vaguely remember that they don't seem on great terms. And I don't think we ever know, or not, not on great terms, but like, I think we don't know whether or not she's dead and it ended on not great terms or she's alive and they just don't see her often. 
but I do think they allude to not the picture okay. perfect. I wish I knew relationship. What the like, oh, yeah. I wish I had remembered any of that because I was trying to figure that out while I was watching it. And oh, did it sort of only sort of related, but did it break your heart when un- the uncle, Uncle Lee, was telling Mikey over and over again that he's nothing, knowing that he commits suicide? I was like, I'm gonna. Oh yeah scream for other reasons than screeching previously i'm gonna scream yeah like, oh my god it's so <laughs> it's so he's so hateable but then they also do a good job at like he's not he's not a completely heartless villain like you see him earlier on being nice to the mom i don't know they do a really good job at still making him like not entirely unredeemable but also you hate his guts yeah. Also, just, do you, how is he related? He was the one that I like truly couldn't figure out. I think he's the brother of their mom, maybe. Oh, I but thought they like, weren't related at all, but I also. Yeah. Really or it was. Uh, I don't know. You know what? I but I appreciate that this show doesn't over really doesn't really explain anything. It definitely doesn't over explain. And no. I we was okay with that. Like I was trying to figure Richie, it out, but that's OK. Yeah. We know for sure that Richie isn't his cousin, even though yeah, they, they say that cousin. Um, but I do love, <laughs> oh, I don't want to, I don't know. I can't remember which episode it is. So I don't want to say it, but I do love how much they commit to him being family, despite the fact that I don't have, not. I haven't seen like Richie's episode yet, if that's a thing. Okay. No, I don't think it's in that episode, but it might be, it okay. might be in one of the later ones anyway. So I won't. No, mention. I love, oh, I love that they, they also did so much with Richie's character in this and with yeah. his relationship with Gillian Jacobs, Michelle, I think is the character's name. Uh, who knows? Seeing <laughs> <Gillian>. him be... <laughs> so different really i mean the way carmy was like very different in this episode i think richie's richie's different he's so he's like just a lot nicer and like more easygoing and yeah, to see that like clearly yeah like they were in love and then we know that he's not with the mother of his child even though we haven't met her yet previous to this episode and he just is this miserable person everything yeah. we've seen up to this point and that's so heartbreaking and just it's just it's just so good. Just such a good job at endearing us to everyone, even people you <laughs> you may not ordinarily be endeared to in real life. And John Mulaney was not like there were moments where I was like, ah, that was so John Mulaney, but he was mm-hmm. very good. Good. Like his acting was great. I mean, I like very much believed him as this sort of like just quiet, like sort yeah. of dorky, meek, but like that everyone nice may, guy. may not think is gay. Yeah, like there were, yeah, there were definitely like nods to John Mulaney's like sense of humor and stand up and whatever, but he was definitely not being his normal character, which I no. thought, yeah, I thought was really impressive. Also, Me hilarious too. that he and Sarah Paulson were together. I was like, this I doesn't know. work, but also, we haven't even I mentioned it. Sarah Paulson yet. That's crazy because she usually would be like such a huge guest star. I know the, in this the way seat, she's like, like not that notable in this. She does a good job crazy. for sure. But I would but say just, she's yeah. like least utilized. I mean, and she's, she and has lines, but like makes up a great part of the tapestry that was this episode, like still does not detract. Definitely. I love that she offers Carmi like sanctuary in New York. It's sort of like, it's sort of condescending to the whole family, but also extending a lifeline of like, Hey, you need to get out of here sometimes. I can well, see it also what it's shows doing us, to you. I think that like Carmi, so Carmi lives in New York at this point in his life, I think, and doesn't see this person, even though they're related. So I think that's I thought, supposed to show us like that he doesn't speak to his family at all. 
oh, maybe I was reading this wrong, but I thought he had come home from Europe. Like he was in Copenhagen um, studying at the point of this episode. And yeah, I guess I don't, I don't know exactly his timeline. Uh, Yeah. I might be wrong entirely about that. I thought this was like the origin of him moving to New York. I think he was going to work in some of the restaurants that Sarah Paulson's character had connections to. And then that would make more sense. Do they build on that later? Is that how you know that? Or you just put that together better than me? (laughs) Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I took that differently, but yours makes more sense. Um, I also want to talk more about, to go back to Bob Odenkirk because. Oh yeah, please. Having seen. Okay. I haven't seen all of Better Call Saul, but I've seen him as Saul and I've seen all of Lucky Hank and they're like similar characters he plays kind of the same person I think in everything and I was like oh just just Bob Odenkirk being Bob Odenkirk in this again but then by the end I was like wait I don't think that was his normal character that was it was it was something a little different and I was I was pleased with that because like I said when he showed up I was like I roll like they they packed so many celebrities into this like Bob Odenkirk's always Bob Odenkirk like why did why did we even put him in this but then by the end I did not think that anymore so major kudos to all of the guest appearance actors but especially Jamie Lee Curtis yeah I will forever bow down to her speaking of I guess this isn't the guest appearance and I'm moving on from episode six as long as that's okay with you yeah Um, I think I think I've said all I need to say um molly gordon i think is her name i love her she's obsessed great she's so good she's in book smart she's in book smart she's in that um that like indie movie about a jewish family and this girl who they go to oh shiva baby shiva i think oh i haven't seen that it's uh it's funny it's funny and a little dark but definitely good uh would recommend but i yeah i really love her i love her in this cast she fits so well and also in her role and like bringing a light to Carmi's eyes. I feel like we've sort of seen every once in a while when he's like, when he and Sydney are on the same page, we see him light up and be just like lighter and not feel like he's got the weight of everything on his shoulders. But especially whenever she and he are in the same scene together, it just feels like a side we haven't totally been able to see too much of. And I'm really glad that they, yeah, but this is, Part of this season I even in the first episode I had the thought like oh you know I kind of like that there isn't there's definitely relationship uh development and like interplay between people's relationships but there's not a ton of like romance uh anywhere in the main cast and I I was going to say that I liked that a lot but I also I also really liked as soon as they introduced Molly Gordon's character so I don't know where I stand I was just thinking like oh they don't need a romance to really spice. I think that's the difference series. between like there being a romance between like Sydney and Carmi versus like True. a new character that he knew when he was younger builds his story versus being like it's a rom com now or yeah, whatever. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, it would have felt a little more forced. Although I think we're supposed to think that Sydney likes him a little because she asks who Claire is in a way that was definitely not. <laughs> I don't know. Not totally benign. So I can't tell. I also thought I was like, okay, what are they trying to tell us that there's something there? But I think my, what I came away with by the end is like, I think that she is jealous, but not in like a, I would like to be his girlfriend way more. So like, Hey, we are in, we're, we're partners here. 
I deserve all of your attention. And he doesn't tell her really anything about his life. I mean, yes, that's probably part of it too. Cause he, she at least thinks they're friends. And so she probably feels hurt by like being entirely left out. Yeah. I don't know though. I'm still, I'm still open to the idea that she could be a little pining. I definitely wouldn't discount it, but I do think there is also, they're developing something between her. I mean, they have been since season one, but Marcus and Sydney, it's like a very slow. Yeah. And that's sweet. Very sweet. The um, you did see the Copenhagen episode, right? Yeah. Can we talk about Will Poulter? Um, real quick, yes. But their like FaceTime scene of like the awkward, oh, yeah. like, can you hear me? Can you see me? Also, and then like the slight flirting. <sighs> she's so good. She's so she funny. Is. She's so yeah, realistic. I keep saying that about everyone, but the way she does her little like her little funny faces and stuff and that yeah, and that scene, yeah, just. I feel like very her humor from what I've seen in like interviews and stuff with her, where it's just like, it felt like she was being very her, but obviously she's still this character, but I just love her sense of humor. I didn't realize before I looked more into the show that she was actually a writer on a bunch of shows that I really like before she was an actress. I didn't know that before season one, but between seasons one and season two, I learned more about her and she, yeah, she's like a pretty well I don't know, already worked a lot in the industry. Like, I thought she was new when I saw her in season one. I didn't know who yeah. she was. I love the actor to writer nebulous, like gradient. I love when people do that. Yeah, because you know, they're like genuinely actually funny. They're already writing comedies. And then to be able to pull off, I feel like to be funny in writing also and to have good comedic timing in acting is different. Related. Not always the same, oh. but she's she's like genuinely funny in real life. I think from seeing her in interviews, like I love her. I want to be friends with her. Yeah, agreed. Um, but I want to. I do want to talk about Will Poulter because I've yes. never in anything before heard his real accent. I literally looked it up. I was like, is he British? You didn't wait. He's definitely in know. things that I. Have I seen think him. I've only seen him in. Uh, what was that movie? Where the Millers? I saw him in Where the Millers, and I saw sure. him in. Maze Runner. I'm pretty sure he has an American accent in that. Uh, what else? He's been in a it's few things. Black but... Mirror episode. Which one? Uh, Bandersnatch. Oh, is, is, that that a, the... is that a movie? That's the one that's like pick your own adventure, or whatever. That actually is the only Black Mirror episode I've never seen. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because it was like, I don't know. It was one of those like gimmicky choose your own adventure things, and I just like ignored it. Got it. Um, I can't remember what I, but I definitely knew he was British. Maybe it was just because of watching interviews. Interviews. Was, I tend to not watch interviews, even though I just said that I watched. Ideas, <laughs> but, uh, I get, I, I just get that. really sucked in. And then I want to watch, like, see, every, I want to consume everything about someone that I get obsessed with. Well, now um, I do. Now that I know that he has a cool accent. Like, yeah. it, I love his real accent. Also, did he pluck his eyebrows for this? Did you, did you notice <laughs> they seemed know. less eyebrow-y than normal? I He's normally not, but... so eyebrowy, like so, like just they're there, and I don't know. I've never really been like, "Ooh, Will Poulter" until this episode. I was like, I, I was I feeling it. I wonder. If, yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way. I it wonder if he. I, I don't think he plucked his eyebrows, but I think maybe he refrained from doing the like. <laughs> <laughs> no one can I, see you, Jenny. <laughs> but you knew me? exactly what I meant. <laughs> it's like just sometimes... it's like acting eyebrows first normally yeah, like a scrunchy but like the opposite of what you would normally think of scrunchy where the outside of your eyebrows go up but the inside stays in that it's I feel a like feat is a of, I don't know how he does it really yeah um but I agree I think the chef thing I think the like rolling up sleeves listen 
some slight rolling up of sleeves. It's doing a lot. Two thumbs up. It's doing a little, yes. but it's working a lot. Also, I loved the way he interacted. He was so gentle with Marcus. In he was a way so that sweet. I wasn't expecting. I thought like, oh no, we're going to get like another like the hardcore. Classic, like, yeah. Strict yeah. chef trope. Exactly. I but, saw no. actually my mom sent me this or told me this and then I looked it up that Rick Bayless, I think is the name of a celebrity chef who said something publicly about the bear that was like, oh, like it's setting the industry back 10 years because of the caricature of the industry being like hard and chaotic and people being mean and strict. And I was like, if anything, I feel like this would be getting more people interested in like chefing and like going to culinary school and whatever else. Like, I mean, I'm just, I guess, speaking from my own experience, but like, I am more interested in like the food industry having watched this. So I don't know. That's a random thing that I was looking at, but I was like, if this feels off base. I think both are true, actually. I think, yes, like me, not that it's setting things back, but I, I, I listen to a lot of chefs um, reactions to the show. Like, I mean, I say listened, but some of them were tweets or articles or something. And, and yeah, while the people that I am referring to maybe were in culinary school or working in working their way up in restaurants, like five ish years ago, that's not that long. And they were saying it was triggering to watch the bear because they had like almost like PTSD flashbacks to being yelled at and being like it being a really rough environment i mean clearly depending on what restaurant you're in but i don't think that's by any means gone from the industry right well, that's the other thing is that if yeah. people were like oh like i couldn't watch that because it's too real like mm, i don't know if that's setting the industry back or if it's just highlighting <laughs> what's actually going on yeah maybe it'll expose Which, some like, changes sorry that rick bayless that you feel like not great about that but also like maybe it's for the best that yeah that maybe... is coming from inside the house <laughs> maybe changes will happen rick. Uh, anything else that's been burning a hole in your mind? <laughs> oh, I think that's, I think that's everything. I think we can uh, wrap up the right. episode that was not as short as I promised it would be. Now that I know that you haven't seen the final episodes and now that I'm looking at what each of the final episodes, I say final, but like the latter Seven half. through 10. Yeah. Right. I'm very excited to talk about the rest of those with you. Okay, we'll reasons. do it. Yeah, we'll do a seven through 10 next week. Because we'll do, week. yeah, Veronica Mars comes out on Friday. Everybody, yeah. please watch with us. It's so fun, I promise. And then, yeah, we'll do the second half of The Bear next week. Oh my God, Jess, are you saying it's so fun just because they get to hang out with us or because you're enjoying the show more now? Because they get to hang out with us. Dang it, okay. <laughs> but uh, it's fun. I think it's it's a fun show. I'll, okay. I'll leave it at that. We'll see. All right, perfect. We've got more to go. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 